Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I picked up the jumper I started knitting maybe over a year ago and decided I'm going to finish it. Am I stretching for brave things to mention on these intros? Maybe, but I could just have given up on finishing a jumper when I'm not even sure I have enough wool to finish. <laughs> it may also become a very odd multicolored. It is already a multicolored jumper, but it may become a really, really, really multicolored jumper because the wool will end before I manage to finish it. It's currently a little over half done. If you exclude the sleeves, which I will get to at some point. And yeah, I hope it stops being as cold as it is now. I hope it will stop snowing. So maybe I'll only have a jumper ready once I no longer have a use for it. But I have been knitting daily, so maybe it will be done. It's a really cool jumper that I wanted to do for a while because it was the pattern my grand-aunt, my mom's aunt, who lived with us, who brought her up and lived with us and helped bring me and my sister up, uh, used to knit to all the kids in the family, the babies and toddlers. I've had probably more than one version of that jumper growing up, uh, so I wanted to do the jumper with different colors, like more modern colors, and as an adult... It's the first jumper I've ever knitted. I learned how to knit by myself. And I mostly knitted um, scarves and hats before. Only knitted scarves and hats before. Not mostly, only. Maybe a little like um, baby socks, baby footies. That's what I've done before. So it's a big project. But it's coming out okay. We'll see if it fits well once it's finished. Or if I'll be wearing something that has a really, really wonky fit just because I made it. That can happen. Who knows? We'll see. I'll stop rambling <laughs> and get on with the episode, which starts as Dowdy always starts with my guest, Rachel Chada, introducing herself. Hello, I am Rachel Chada. I am a comedian and a writer in New York for my professional paid life. <laughs> I work in strategy and yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for, for being here. It's like the only good thing, I guess, about this period of time is that people are now fully online. So I don't have yes. to wait for my next trip to New York to invite <laughs> you to be on my podcast. Yes, no, I think that's great. I think it's, I feel more connected, but also way more disconnected, if that makes yeah. any sense. It does. There's no hugs. There's no <laughs> cuddling with your friends or partners. No. There's nothing. You live with your partner, so I'm sure I do, you I do. are cuddling. I do have them, some, I do get some cuddles, <laughs> yeah. um, but not enough. <laughs> She's like not a very like physically affectionate person. I mean, she she will cuddle, but I'm very touchy needy so I need I need my friend hugs too yeah <laughs> I, I'm not I think I'm not very touchy and I actually when I moved to the UK people here say hi with hugs and in Portugal we'd say hi with two kisses yeah and the hugs for me seemed way more personal than the two kisses and here it's the complete other way they will find kisses to be like ah this yeah. is so personal but yeah whenever people come up for hugs when I first moved here, I was like, what are you doing? That's my space. Now I'm, oh, I've am i been missing the hugs. <laughs> Have you ever been denied the two kisses? Like, has oh, someone yes, been like, Ooh. People are just not expecting it. And I've actually had fun experiences because before I moved here for good, I did my Erasmus here, which is like a student exchange program. Yeah. And there were people from all over Europe with different kinds of greets. Like the yeah. Swiss guy would give three kisses. Oh, interesting. So it was always left for me. I always left him hanging because I didn't give the third kiss. <laughs> That's so funny to think about, like, where those came from. Like, why three versus yeah. two? And then two. other, like, weird things because the Italians will start kissing on the other side. 
So there were accidents that happened yeah. in that period. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an accidental. <laughs> I My dad is from India. And um, the first time I went to India, I was like nine. And he would like prep me before we did anything. Like, okay, you can't use your this hand for this. Don't ask this question. And we went to visit some of like my older extended relatives. And he was like, when you leave, you're going to have to kiss their feet. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, you don't have to actually like kiss them. You just like kneel and put your head down by their feet. And that's like a sign of respect. And that for me was like the wildest thing I was asked to do. Or he'll be like, they're going to throw rice on your head for this type of like ceremony, whatever. It's just like a wishing you luck, wishing you well. But yeah, it was wild. We do throw rice on people after weddings in Portugal. And it's also like a wishing luck kind of thing. Yes. We do that in the U.S., but they stop doing it because birds will eat the rice and like ma- it makes their stomachs oh, explode no. or like expand in some bad way. <laughs> I hope there's someone like with a broom always uh, cleaning like, up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they also sometimes do it with like almonds, but that's that hurts oh. the couple. Yeah, it's also like odd. That's interesting. There's like Jordash almonds, which I feel like were a wedding tradition. They're like sugar coated or mm-hmm. yeah, yogurty coated almonds, but I've never seen them thrown. That would hurt. Yeah, so depending. <laughs> like if you really don't like them, you use all your strength to no. just throw a, an almond at them. How would you define bravery? <sighs> okay, I've been thinking a lot about this because. Bravery to me obviously feels like doing something that is terrifying or doing something in the face of fear. But I feel like I was just like looking back on looking back on my life and thinking about, okay, what have I done that's brave? And I feel like categorizing my own actions as brave feels wild because usually like in the moment I'm not I don't consider myself a very brave person. But in the moment I'm not like, "Ooh, this is terrifying and I'm being brave it's like I look back on it it's something that's kind of like reflective and I'm like oh that was brave now uh, I'm not someone who like jumps off cliffs or like in the moment I would say that is mustering bravery yeah but just in like everyday life I think it's something that like I will look back and reflect and be like oh okay that was that was a brave thing yeah contextualizing why I started doing this podcast it's because people do tell you oh you're really brave for having done yes. this and you think oh it's just my life <laughs> so I thought it would be a cool conversation to have with people yeah I feel like my mom will always say stuff like oh, if you you performing, you're so brave, like you're so confident, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, literally backstage, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I hate, I hate the moment before I go on stage, but I'm so addicted to the adrenaline. Once I'm on stage that it's fine, I, I give it up and it's whatever. But I don't yeah. see that as brave. I see that as like <laughs> needing I don't know. Yeah, approval. it's something really, really wrong with our brains. Yes. I was also realizing that I never thought I had like, what you call it, like irritable bowel syndrome or anything. Yeah. I never thought I had it. But I just realized recently because I started doing online gigs after yeah. not doing a lot. And I probably do. I <laughs> never realized. Oh, and this no. year, my bowels just were very, very stress-free. Oh, that I, I discovered I have silent reflux, which I feel like I've had a lot of friends get diagnosed with this. Like diagnosed. Um, it's basically like regular reflux is when you get heartburn and you're like burpy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Silent reflux is when it, the acid goes up even farther and just makes your nose run. So it's not as loud, I guess. But it was because before I moved with, before I lived with Kara, some of the things I thought were normal about my body, I like clear my throat a lot after I eat because I like have the like post nasal drip. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, you definitely, there's something going on. Like that's not normal how often you're clearing your throat. I'm like, okay, you just need a little, someone else needs to give you that perspective to realize, oh, this is not normal, this thing I've been doing my whole life. Yeah, your, and your parents also just thought, it's like, she just clears her throat. She just, <laughs> well, they both also have it. So we're just all are sitting around the table like, <clears throat> <clears throat> disgusting. I did go check just before actually lockdown and stuff like that. I went to check my vocal cords because I had like um, 
when I do like high pitched noises, I feel like an itch. So yeah. they told me to go check them. And you know, like health is free here, so I can go to a nice, uh, nice brag, yeah, brag, brag. Uh, <laughs> and like I had the little camera stuck yes. up my nose to and down my throat. That's the worst. It was just like itchy. It was weird, but it was like not horrible. Okay. But the doctor told me I had. I probably had acid reflux because my vocal cords are fine, but there's signs that there is probably acid reflux. And then he told me to stop drinking, which I have like three years ago. So that's not my issue. Stop uh, drinking coffee and tea and eating spicy foods. And I refuse. (laughs) No, literally, I am. uh, My girlfriend also has this and we're both on this like low acid diet. But like my flavor palette is vinegar, spice. You're not allowed to eat tomato. You're not allowed to eat anything fun. So I'm just I've been cheating. So yeah, (laughs) I like I I don't know. Uh, I hope I don't lose my vocal cords, but I refuse <laughs> to stop drinking coffee and eating spicy food. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Like, it, that's not, not a life to live. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Have you thought about the moments in your life in which you have been brave? Yes. So, at first, I was going to be like, I don't I'm not really a brave person. Looking back on it, there's some stuff that I'm like, okay, I was brave here. But it's probably less that I was brave and more that I was just very stupid and very lucky. The first one was um, I went to I went to Cuba with um, two of my friends, Chloe and Allison, who you know, and uh, we kind of went on a whim. We were gonna literally do a a road trip in New England, just in like around the New York area, and I found a flight to Cuba that was really cheap. Uh, and then we were like, okay, let's go there instead. Um, I was the only one who spoke Spanish. Chloe had like a little bit of conversational Spanish, but I was the only one who could like actually get us places. And obviously in Cuba, you don't have internet. Um, so you don't have the benefit of looking stuff up. So I, I planned everything meticulously before we left. And when we got there, we were walking around Havana and uh, a tropical storm hit. And usually our Airbnb would arrange all of our taxis for us, but this one was way before we were supposed to be leaving the city. Mm-hmm. So we just hopped into a car, which in Cuba, taxis are just cars. Like, they, they're not marked. So we just hopped into a car, which I, I wish I could describe uh, more accurately what it looked like. But you know in police vans, and I don't know if this is true for the UK, but in police vans here, like... The back seat is almost like a bench where they're all looking at each other, um, like a U-shaped bench um, instead of actual like seat rows. Th- this was like that. So it, it, I felt like Allison and Chloe were being detained. So they are sitting in the back. I'm in the front seat. It's pitch black. I'm with this strange man with a physical map of Cuba trying to give directions back to our Airbnb in like very broken Spanish. We ended up getting there, but there were no, truly no street lights in the neighborhood we were in. And it was, a, it, Chloe and Allison left that being like, wow, you handled that so well. You didn't panic at all. You were brave to do that. And I was like, no, I was like uh, freaking out the entire time. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> inwardly, I don't know if I felt like I was brave, but it's just stuff like that where I, I, I think like, oh yeah, that I did that and that was great. But I don't know if it was great, you know. I just got into a man's car <laughs> and hoped I could get home. You were lucky enough it was a taxi cab or at least someone hoping to make some money that night. Yes, he was very nice. He ended up going the wrong way for part of the trip. And I was like, oh, um, I think we're going the opposite direction. And it was totally apologetic, got us to the place and was so nice. But oh, man, we were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, how good is your Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not. I get stage fright when I speak Spanish. I can understand pretty fluently, but I studied abroad in Spain in college, and my host mom there was always like, you're very funny, but your Spanish is very bad. <laughs> um, and I think that gave me a complex because now I work with an office that's half in Argentina and half in the U.S. And my coworkers in Buenos Aires are always like, 
do Spanish, speak Spanish with us. And they all got very mad when, and in one meeting, they were having a meeting entirely in Spanish, didn't think I was following and I like answered them. <laughs> I answered them in English and they were like, okay, you can speak Spanish way better than you're letting on, like do it. But I just don't like, I have such a, a white girl American accent when I speak Spanish and I get so embarrassed. But it's also like the accents and the slang between like the Spain and Argentina and Cuba are so different that probably just be able to tell them I'm from somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> My accent is from this very small village in Spain. So it's it's perfect. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, the village of the valley girl. Um, that is where my accent's from, sadly. But I do get that a lot because I speak several languages. Uh, and I also like, I understand them fluently. But how many... because I don't practice that much, I get But how many languages? Rate. I think it's five. <gasps> Most so of them jealous. like the Latin yeah. languages. So. But still, yeah. I'm very jealous. I've been taking Spanish since I was in truly the first grade. And I have a minor in Spanish literature from college. But like, I still don't consider myself fluent enough <laughs> yeah i think the only one that i can completely uh, communicate with uh, fluently is english because i also live here and i watch movies and listen to music yeah. uh, so that's also like another thing because i re i do read in italian and spanish but i watch way less less things that really does it watching and and listening to music immerses you enough in it to to help you get through it if yeah. you can't actually use it on a daily basis. Yeah. I also find, going back to <laughs> the yes, bravery yes. and Cuba, I also find it fun or interesting that the people that were there with you thought you were so brave and uh, <laughs> put on a brave face. Because I think that's also another part of bravery is that it's so many times in who is looking at you, who is telling you you have been brave. Yeah, 100%. In, in the other moments I was thinking about, I, I was talking to my mom and then to Chloe about it because I was like I don't I don't know when I've been brave and they both mentioned like moving to New York was brave because when I moved I I graduated early from college and I lucked out that I had a job here right after college I was so dumb lucky like I wish <laughs> my other job transitions had been easier but I moved here and I didn't know anyone because I graduated early. None of my friends had moved out here yet. Um, I didn't know anyone who was older than me than that, that moved out here. And I just kind of did it. And that is, again, another thing where like people will look at that and be like, oh, you were brave. But I was really anxious. I truly like I left. Our plane took off from Arizona, which is where I was moving from. And I immediately started throwing up. <laughs> Like I threw up the entire flight. I was so nervous. And it was just one of those things where I was like, I have to do it. I had the job in New York. There was nothing stopping me. So I was like, I can't not do this. I'm going to do it. And in that moment, I didn't really have the thought of like, mm, that was that was brave. And once I got here, I was fine. So yeah. even me looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, it was scary. But I don't know. I feel like people do so many more brave things. But I guess that's just us being unkind to ourselves. Yeah, I think so. Because if you do, like, if you look at it in a purely definition of the word kind of thing, it is. You you did something, yeah. even though you were freaking scared. So, yeah. yeah, it is being brave. Although the same, I that's one of the things people say I've been brave about, which is moving to the UK and speaking in a second language. That I don't really think is brave because <laughs> my English was very good when I moved. So it wasn't even a question. <laughs> I won't understand them. But people do, like, yeah. especially English-speaking people will find that very brave. But yeah, I also don't find it br brave. And I don't even know, for me, I don't even know if I was scared to move here because it's a two-hour flight back home if I needed. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't feel... I knew at the end of the day that, like, if... I don't know. It was it, my... I guess my fears were not, like, oh, my God, what if I fail and I have nowhere to live like it wasn't that it was just like oh my gosh what if I have awkward moments <laughs> and it's like <laughs> hard to make a friend that kind of stuff but I guess you know it is it is being kind to yourself and giving yourself credit for something cool or hard that you did it's just hard to talk about it in a way that doesn't seem completely narcissistic <laughs> yeah <laughs>
I think that's like also a thing I, I like with this podcast because I make people think about a, a, a lot about moments yeah. in their lives. And most of them, yeah, like me, will n- not think they were brave at all in any of those moments. But I think it is scary to think about how to make new friends in a new city. You will like meet people at work, right? But mm, there yeah. won't necessarily be people. So you have to make yourself do stuff to make friends, like take a class or whatever. What were the your go-tos to make new friends? So I say my first like three months in New York, I was very lucky that I had no friends. In that, most agencies here will like, pay people who are just out of college truly no money for their first three months to be like on trial or on contract then once you pass that then you can get an actual salary but I was making like $1,500 a month my rent was $900 a month and then like food I like had no money to do anything with friends so I'm like I didn't have like a particularly like sad time because I didn't feel like I was I was just living and going to work and eating and it was fine. But I didn't have friends during that time. And I don't think it was... I I was lucky too that the agency that I worked for was really young, hipstery, startup-y. There were people there that I did not like, but I was able to make really good friends. And um, one of the people I consider to be one of my best friends, I I, I made friends with her at work. But then I... Uh, a girl joined our agency who was in improv 201 at UCB and she was like oh if you used to do like comedy stuff you should do this and it was kind of like something that I want was like oh when I moved to New York I'll like take some classes at UCB and it'll be fine and wonderful and then of course you know short story long I uh fell in love with it I fell in love with the community obviously it's an institution that has since burned to the ground and has its flaws but I was very lucky that I found found my my people there yeah and found a, a community i you know with every type of community like that there's the people that you love and then the people that you could do without yeah <laughs> and, um, you're, and you're being very nice I'm sure <laughs> It took a while to find the the people that I love, but I got them and yeah, they're they're some of my my best best friends. And then honestly the the other way I've made friends cuz there was a point when UCB was like dwindling down. I felt like I don't I didn't have like as many like good or close friends as I wanted to have. I lucked out that I started dating someone who I really, 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 really love their people. So I inherited an entire friend group when (laughs) when I started dating Kara. And she was like, God damn it. Like, I knew you were going to become better friends with them (laughs) than I am. (laughs) But yeah, now I have my my people from both sides of those, those worlds. Were there other things that were scary about New York? for you and I and I have no idea like I've never I've only been to New York in the US so I have no idea (laughs) what the rest of the country looks like and how big was the place you were living in before so I moved from Phoenix in Arizona which is a technically like on paper it's like the sixth largest city in the U.S. population wise but it's very spread out it's like not I I can't walk anywhere Mm -hmm. um you look like you are in trouble if you are walking on the streets in Phoenix. Also because it's usually like 120 degrees, which is is bad. I don't know the Celsius conversion yeah. of that. I was trying to think about that, that in my head, but it's very hot. So I am very bad at directions generally. <laughs> and the just like New York as a whole, like felt very big and like I was going to be lost. And when I was... In college, I took a trip to New York, and that's the first time I went to New York. This is a moment that in the moment, I thought I was very brave and cool. I decided to spend the afternoon, like, walking around the streets of New York. Now I look back on it, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. (laughs) My phone was dying. I wanted to go to the New York Public Library. In my head, I know what the New York Public Library looks like. It has the lion statues in front of it, whatever. But... Again, in Phoenix, there's like no old buildings. It's like very new. It's very desert. It's whatever. There's nothing like historical looking. Yeah. So my phone was dying. I was like, okay, if I just walk down Fifth Avenue, I'll hit it. On my left, I see a very old building. (laughs) 
And in my head, I'm like, this is the New York Public Library. This is it. It's an old building. And there were people. There were also news stations outside of it. And again, in my head, having never been to New York before, I'm like, yeah, of course there's news stations in front of the New York Public Library. Library. This is it. This is the happening place. They check my bag as I'm going in. And I'm like, cool, this is great. I walk in and I realize I'm in a cathedral. And I was like, okay, well, there's a lot of people in here. They look touristy. When I lived in Spain, you there were like exhibits and things you could see in yeah. old cathedrals. So I'm getting in line to look at something between the pews. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I can't see what this is. And then I get to the point where it's like too, I've gone too far to turn back in the line because now there's so many people behind me and I can't go any far forward. But I see now that it is an open casket with some high priest dude i did not grow up in the catholic church but like he's got the hat he's got the robe there is a news crew filming people going up and doing like the uh the cross cross, thing um (laughs) and i was like okay okay you're gonna have to just watch what everyone else is doing and then run (laughs) so i like thought i was having like a very like fun brave like new york Rachel takes New York moment and then I just ended up at like a funeral (laughs) funeral so when I moved to New York I was like I had that experience and I was like oh I'm gonna get lost everywhere I go so many funerals I'm gonna go to so (laughs) many funerals on accident I it's gonna be bad so I was very um scared about being lost rightfully so because I get lost all the time (laughs) but thank god for GPS did were you nervous when you were moving to the UK about navigating and stuff not when i moved for a good and even like the the year i was doing erasmus here mm-hmm. i don't think i was like it has, it's a big city but it's like i didn't feel like it was a dangerous city because it has yeah, some of yeah, the yeah, lower yeah. levels of criminality and stuff but i do remember that year there was no phones with gps yet in 2010 <laughs> it's not that long ago but no, we but didn't carry phones so i remember leaving the house before leaving the house like to go on a night out i will put down on paper all the buzzes i could catch on my way back home yeah. and all the ch- opportunity like we may go to this place but we may also go to that place i don't know so i'm going to okay. I, i'm taking a book out with everything i can do i remember printing out map quest directions in high school because I didn't have a GPS which also was rude because GPS like definitely was a thing that a lot of people had and I just did not have that (laughs) I was like a um, late adapter of technology or I I always felt like oh these people are just um, boasting that they have (laughs) the latest technology it's not it's not useful at all now I see the error of my ways (laughs) so useful (laughs) Mine was not by choice usually. It was usually like my dad was like, no, app. he just like was very anti-Apple. He's an engineer, so he's like, it's not as good of a product, whatever. And in, high, in middle school, I made a PowerPoint presentation about why I needed a cell phone because <laughs> he had given me a Motorola walkie-talkie so that I could communicate with my mom that I got off the bus mm-hmm. and was going to the bus. And I was mortified about using those walkie-talkies. Also because my mom, which I love now, but as a middle schooler, hated, made me use code names. So she would be like, baby bird, mama birds in this place. And I'd have to say over. Oh, I was mortified. Now it's a fun bit. Yeah, but I get like with all your friends around you. What she what she saying, Mama Bird? <laughs> I literally was like, if I I I wonder, and this must have been in my head because I had a friend who had who had diabetes and had like a little insulin thing on her hip. But I was like, if I hold it close to my hip, people will think I have diabetes and won't think that this is a walkie talkie. <laughs> like I would rather them think that I had like insulin on me than was carrying a walkie talkie. <laughs> I do so remember like my parents wanted me to have a, a cell phone and I didn't want to get one when <laughs> I was like 15 or 16 because I was going on like a end of year trip and they wanted me to get a cell phone to do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's I want just my so freedom. You can call me i don't want it so, that's, yeah. fair, that's fair that's fair <laughs> i actually came to the uk for like summer english summer school when i was 15 and 
they wanted me to bring a cell phone and I didn't want to because we could there were phones in the school so I was like I'll call you at this time and that's when and then one of the kids wouldn't let me use or not one of the kids because we had like people from different places so we were the ones that came from Portugal and then these people had come from Italy their supervisor adult person didn't Uh. let me use the phone said that wasn't a phone for me and so yeah I was like no okay cool I I want a cell phone I'll take one now thank you so much on the other like side of the um, spectrum is there moments in your life in which you haven't been brave you haven't done something for lack of bravery yes yes I think I think of this when I think of coming out because truly I think I knew I was gay since I was eight I remember being eight years old and being like "Mm, I'm gay and it wasn't even like I had a crush on anyone I just was like oh this is the thing about me And then a week later, I was like, wow, wasn't it crazy that I convinced myself I was gay for the drama of it? And I pushed it down for a very, 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 very long time. And then it finally got to a point where, like, I didn't come out until I was 22. And I was already living in New York. I had friends in the comedy world. I, like, had so many gay friends. I was the token straight person. And I would get offended when people would, like, describe me as very straight because like in my head I was like I'm not um but there really was nothing like truly there was nothing on paper like my parents when I did come out extremely supportive but they're my parents are very liberal and like my mom like I remember in middle school would be like do you like girls and I'd be like no absolutely not and years before they had told me that there was like a rumor in my family that I was gay which I'm an only child and an only grandchild. So a rumor in my family just means like <laughs> my grandma said something to my mom. I was like, this is not a rumor. And they all like w- were fine with it. Like there was nothing like holding me back other than me. And I decided one night like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out to Chloe and Allison because I was already on the dating apps and had both, both men and women on the dating apps but I had found a girl who was in one of my musical improv classes on there. And I was like, she's going to tell people like, I have to do like, I have to do this. So I like panicked. I was like, okay, we're going out to drink tonight will be the night. Also, I should say like Chloe's gay (laughs) (laughs) and like Allison has many queer friends. So it's like not, they would have been like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and I was like psyching myself up. I was going to do it. And then my roommate, who I was not as close with, ended up meeting us for drinks. And I just did not want to come out to her. She was like from a more like conservative family. Again, I eventually did. And she was fine with it. And there was no big deal. But like in this time, I was like, now is not the time. So I was being so weird. I was being so incredibly weird <laughs> at this drinks. I was getting very drunk. And I remember like Allison and I went up to get a drink and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I, there's something I have to tell you, but I can't tell you now. So I gotta go. I gotta leave. So I left. (laughs) I left. I went home and I got McDonald's and then I did end up texting them. But like, that was like the least, there was no reason to be scared in that moment. They were nothing but supportive. (laughs) I should have been able to do it like in the moment. Obviously, like, I won't be hard on myself, whatever. But that was, I just completely chickened out. And I needed to be at home in bed with my big mask. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel it's like a moment, like, I haven't come out to my parents. um, Not because I think there's any, they will take it well and all of that. I think so. But it's also like the, the idea of, doing a thing like making a thing yeah yeah yes so strange to me because if I was straight I wouldn't make a thing out of it no I I thought about this all the time and that was like my biggest thing and I was like I just didn't like I don't I didn't like having to introduce myself as that and I didn't I didn't want that to be my qualifier and now it's something where I'll be offended if if I'm not categorized as gay (laughs) Let that be how you introduce me. But then I was like, I don't, I don't want it to be. This is gay Rachel. 
I didn't want people to think any differently of me because I was like, it's I'm not truly any different. I'm the same. I'm just sharing this part of me with you. But I felt the exact same way. I was like, I'm not going to go to my parents and be like, mm, baby, I like sucking dick. <laughs> Um, exactly. and that's how it like felt. I I thought like in their head like oh my god they're gonna think I'm so awkward or weird or whatever. And it did take some getting used to of being able to share like oh I have a girlfriend or I'm going on a date with this person and them getting used to it. It was not it was not um smooth, but I totally I totally get you. But I think, yeah, because people put so, so much pressure on that moment of coming out, that that's probably why you felt, even though you knew deep down that people around you were supportive, there's so much pressure put on that thing that it makes it scary. Yeah. I even, I came out to my grandpa for the first time, like in in the summer, because Kara and I were moving in together and had already been dating for over a year. And I was like, okay, I feel really bad. Like, I'm really close to my grandpa, and it feels really bad not telling yeah. him who I'm moving in with. And I, I psyched myself up. Like, he also, like, doesn't like talking on the phone, so I was going to send him an email. Like, that was, like, the best way for, for that to happen. My therapist literally made me bring it in as homework for therapy because she's like, I know you're not – she's like, I'm not going to make you send it, but I'm going to make you write it. Yeah. And share it with me, which I also was like, oh, my God, I don't want her to know my inner feelings. But I'll, literally a therapist. And w when I sent it, his first response was, woo, I was getting to think you thought I was an old fogey. <laughs> like there was no, no need. No need. That's funny. Like my grandma died before I even knew I was queer. Mm -hmm. But she she would ask me about like my boyfriends and stuff. And I never I had my first boyfriend very late so yeah. uh, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time uh, I, I'm bisexual so I have yeah. boyfriends and girlfriends uh, but <laughs> yeah she would ask me that and then I'd say I don't have one and she okay cool cool so, so you don't want one I'm like I don't know <laughs> okay if you don't want one it's fine so it's Aww. like <laughs> no same because I also started dating later and they also would be like, I don't understand like why you don't have a boyfriend or why why you're not dating. And they would even, my grandpa would even be like, this, and this is when I was dating care that he asked this and I too chickened out. He was like, so any, and he didn't even say boyfriend because he knew. He was it like, feels like all your family was talking behind your back. Why doesn't she come out? <laughs> fully, fully. Which also made me mad because like, I don't know, I'm very feminine there aren't like the traditional signs. I didn't do sports. I didn't, there weren't the traditional signs other than the fact that I was attracted to women, which should be the only sign. <laughs> um, but when, when, when they had those clues, I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then that's such a bad thought to have. It's like, no, not, not what you're doing wrong. It's just, you're living who you are. Yeah. <laughs> but he was even like, any relationships you want to tell me about? Any special relationships? And I was like, no. And he's like, hmm, you wouldn't tell me even if there were, were, were one and I was like no <laughs> you did talk about like therapy and homework I've just started doing therapy like a month ago or a little over a month ago and my therapist is always telling me like giving me homework that I find silly and I haven't done homework yet oh, no. <laughs> and now you're saying you do bring your emails to read and I'm like okay yeah. that's that's technically what she's asking me to do and I'm <laughs> thinking why if I have the thoughts in my head why do I have to write them down but maybe maybe she's right and maybe I should start doing it yes I I'm someone who needs homework though I had a therapist who kind of just like let me talk the whole time and I'm someone who just like will talk for for the sake of filling up silence. And I would like talk about things that actually like didn't really bother me that much, but I just like felt so uncomfortable that I would just talk and talk and talk and talk. And like that kind of therapy is not good for me. But having a therapist that's like, okay, you need to do this. This is me, your therapist talking. I will give you feedback and I want you to do these things. I was a very good student. So I need that. <laughs> I need that homework. I need someone. But also starting therapy is brave. I like that. I do think it is in for many reasons because it's also like something that's expensive and I know you yes. sort of have to shop around for a therapist or you may need to shop around for a, a therapist and that makes it scarier even because yeah. admin admin is uh, a <laughs> personal admin I'm good at admin for like 
my job, but when it's Not. personal admin, it's really hard. Yeah, and I still don't know if I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is stressful, and I... I lucked out that like I knew my first therapist wasn't right for me right when my insurance changed and I could no longer go to her. (laughs) So I had that excuse and she also had, she worked at an agency. It wasn't just like an individual person's Mm -hmm. business. So I didn't have to actually break up with her as a therapist. I could just email the secretary and be like, my insurance doesn't cover me anymore so I can no longer be a patient here. Thank you. And then I lucked out that the next therapist I tried has been my therapist for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. But I always think now I'm like, do is she my therapist for the rest of my life? Like, I don't know when this ends and I don't want it to end. It's really helpful. But now I'm like, it can never end. And now I've become reliant on this person. <laughs> so a new type of anxiety, which I should probably yeah. talk to my therapist <laughs> about, but I won't. <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting, though, because like the reason why I'm not sure if this is the therapist for me, because you just said your therapist will give you feedback. I feel like this one just listens to me. And I'm like, part of what I want to deal with is if the things I have trouble with are really things. Yeah. If if I'm correct in having trouble with those things. (laughs) And she doesn't tell me. She just wants me to keep on talking. What? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I think some people really that that technique approach is helpful to some people but I'm someone who wants to hear some sort of feedback even if that feedback is like calm down (laughs) or like it's gonna it's fine you're right you're valid whatever I I, words of affirmation are my form of communication love platonic or, or not so I do I do need that but then it's scary you have to think about finding a new one and then telling this one no my girlfriend's in the same boat where she's like this one is fine but I'm like if it's you're not getting anything out of it like get a new one because it should feel good and like you're getting a lot out of it yeah but that's my my next brave step is to figure (laughs) out what to do next (laughs) yes I my most recent form of act of bravery I don't really know I applied to grad school to actually become a therapist (laughs) because I think I would really like it I've discovered this about myself I like what I'm doing at work but I don't oh also I hope no one from work is listening (laughs) to this they don't they don't listen to anything so it should be fine because I've not told them yet but I really like just like talking to And um, I've seen how much therapy has actually helped me. And I like helping people, but I get very overwhelmed. Like I'm a boss. (laughs) I'm a boss. I'm someone's boss. I'm I'm like seven people's boss. But like doing my own work, being a good employee for my boss and then having to be someone else's boss is very overwhelming. And I... I, there's, I would just love to like be present with someone and sit down and have a conversation and work through something together mm-hmm. versus the crazy shit that I'm doing on a, a day-to-day. Yeah. I hate being a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only manage one person at the moment, but yeah. it's like I have to learn how to like make them do something instead of doing it myself, and it's very hard. <sighs> I like it. I like being a boss. I don't like being an employee. <laughs> it's like I I love working with them and figuring out what their goals are. And like I like put some like um, brainstorming practices in place at work. And I, one of the people on my team came to a meeting completely prepared with this huge brainstorm prepped without me like saying anything. And I was like, I've never been more proud in my life. <laughs> like he gets it. He's, I, he's, he's come so far. But it's like when I'm trying to like manage up where yeah. I'm like, oh, this is too much. I think because I'm in the job that, like my day job, I'm in that same position. Yeah. It's not quite the same position, but I I still report back to the same person. So I now know how to talk to them, I think. It's tricky. You have to learn. You have, it's hard to learn how to like figure out everyone's nuances with a new boss. I got spoiled that my last boss, I was the best boss I've ever had and I will ever have hands down she is so amazing but she's spoiled me now oh my god damn it (laughs) 
your answer to my next question might may be grad school. But yes. is there something coming up in your future for which you will have to be brave? Yeah, I mean, I think apl- applying to grad school for me was really scary. One, because I only applied to one school because it's so expensive. Most of the programs in New York were $120,000 plus for two-year programs or even online-only programs. And I lucked out that I didn't have student debt from my undergrad because um, Arizona, where I lived, basically gave merit-based scholarships if you Mm -hmm. stayed in-state. And I did stay in-state, and I chose free college, and that was the best decision I've ever made. But so student debt really scares me. Um, But I applied to one school because it was cheaper. Uh, also a really good program but really is the only one I can like afford and comfortably go into but I I, I only have one one shot at it yeah. and the program only t- I didn't realize this until after I'd already like been set on it but in an info session they were like yeah we only take 50 people a year so that's about like 30 people in the first semester 20 in the second semester and there were like 200 people in my info session alone so I was like my mm. odds are not high So now I'm just at the point where I'm like sitting and waiting for the answer, which I don't know when sometime this month, I hope. Um, But kind of taking that jump and actually being like, no, I actually want to do something. I want to do something else. And I don't know what that means for comedy and me because I still it's still my passion. But if, you know, I'm not able to succeed in comedy, I want to be doing something that I like also and not something that sucks my soul out but I also don't know if I can responsibly be someone's therapist who like goes and does a set (laughs) in a (laughs) shitty basement theater uh, than about your I would never yeah (laughs) Uh, I feel like in this like the start of this year a lot of people started doing like other stuff like studying or here apparently I only found that out this year it's very common to do conversion courses so just take a year like oh. someone I know is doing like a law conversion course because they have uh, a degree and they can convert it to law by doing some exams. Like I find it really oh, odd. But that is really that weird. Yeah. <gasps> and I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, you can just yeah. convert what you're doing into something else. Okay. Yeah, no. And I, f- I feel like that's one of the reasons my program is probably going to be more competitive this year because everyone's gone through a year of reflecting on like what brings them joy and how they can like help people like god damn it and i did say this in the episode i recorded yesterday that will likely come out the week before this one comes out but i'm going to repeat it it's that i like five years ago i decided to leave my safe thing and start (laughs) doing more creative work so hmm, i did it the other way around and now i don't want to go back so yeah (laughs) I, at the beginning of 2020, I was like, I'm going to leave the agency world and I'm going to just work in production. And then I worked in theater production and then theater closed. Uh, And I went back to working at an agency. I did have enough of a taste of it, though, that I was like, nope, this the same shit that happens in marketing happens here and I don't like it. Yeah, I think that's part, like, that's something I've learned that the same, like, the shitty things that happen happen everywhere. So you just need to figure out what works for you. Yeah, Uh, 100%. Yeah. And hopefully make some money, which is the other part that creative (sighs) industries don't really have a lot of. Absolutely not. I'm also, like, now going through the part where I'm working in tech, so I'm probably making more than I'll ever make as a therapist and I had a job interview wow I really am putting all of my (laughs) things out there as we were saying earlier oversharing I had a job interview at Twitter which I don't think I'll get and Twitter if you're listening it'll probably be after the interview process there's like eight interviews but they literally I asked what the salary was they asked me what my preferred one was which I am laughing at because it was so far under what they offer but they were like oh we come up way above that for an associate not even managing anyone an associate level position they're paying a hundred and forty thousand dollars plus a 15 percent bonus which is like more money than I could ever imagine having but hearing that I was like do I want maybe I stay in tech and I'm like no it's gonna it's gonna still suck my soul out I need to be okay with less money yeah 
I do have a friend, and now I'm going to share stuff that's not mine to share, but sure. Great, great. Uh, she's uh, a designer, and she's currently working at Shell and earning yeah. a lot of money because it's Shell. And she's been working with them for like a while. Uh, she was going to leave them before the pandemic, but then decided, no, I'm going to stay. Yeah. Uh, and she gives like a percentage of her salary to Greenpeace just to offset the fact that she's working for Shell. So it's Aww. fun. I mean, that's good. That's good. Good for yeah. her. I'm sure not everyone at Shell does that. So yeah. good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Who is someone real or fictional from your own life or just like someone famous that you would use as an example of bravery? Ooh, that's a really good one. Ugh, I'm going to be so cheesy. I'm going to say both of my parents in different ways. So my my mom, um, my mom and my biological dad got divorced when I was like two. And he has not been in my life since, hmm. He wasn't in my life until this past summer um, when he added me on Facebook. Uh, The pandemic made people do crazy shit. Uh, That was one of them. He just was like, hey, bud, how's it going? But for my mom, we have kind of like um, a Gilmore Girls-y relationship. Mm -hmm. Not in that we're like that close in age. But she was a single mom for the first five years of my life and I think leaving that like really shit situation as a teacher who made like absolutely no money was scary and luckily like my grandparents were there to like provide her emotional support but that I think I think she was doing for me which is really uh Mm -hmm. sweet because she was in that relationship for seven years before me and I'm sure it was not all great before that but yeah, then she she made that choice and, you know, those first five years are formative and, you know, she worked really hard to make sure that we we had a, a little tiny house for the two of us with a backyard and a swing set that I could hang out in and it's something that I very much appreciate and I think she's someone that wouldn't give herself the credit of saying that she's a brave person, but I, I think that's that's incredibly brave. And then for my dad, who I consider my dad not my biological dad he is from India and he moved to the U.S. to do his master's again I'm moving to another country but he always tells a story about how you know he moves here with so little money like the typical first generation parent who is like I moved here with no money and I was a janitor and I worked my way through grad school and now I am who I am because of it and I didn't really appreciate that growing up because you know, it's the typical parent yeah. convo. <laughs> but he was literally telling telling me this summer that at his college in India, they didn't have hot water in their dorm. And they were, they were a bunch of nerdy engineering students. So they figured out how to use, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to explain this well, wire a brick in some way that they could put the brick in the water and it would give them hot water. I have no, I did not inherit the um, engineering smarts. Uh, But then I I kind of. science and I can't tell you what what, what Brick was doing. Also, maybe he's completely bullshitting me. Maybe (laughs) he's just like, I need to make her think that this was a hard journey for me. But I think about that, like moving from that type of experience, like to the US where you're working as a janitor to like pay your way through your grad school program. That's really hard. And he didn't have friends here. And I'm sure, like, too, I've seen the discrimination or the the racism that he has faced just from an outside POV. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird position to be in, being like, that's my dad. But also, I don't share in that experience because I'm white. I've seen that. I can't imagine all of the things I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, so... That and also marrying my mom was a brave thing because marrying a white woman who was one not only a white woman but divorced and had a kid. His dad didn't talk to him for a whole year and was a really scandalous thing. But yeah, I'm glad that they both were brave because otherwise my <laughs> life would be very different. <laughs> yeah, but that is another thing that makes me like when people do say, "Oh, you moved, so you're brave." I also like always compare it to people who have like made big moves, yeah, like yeah. like your dad. And yeah, like I can easily, as I said, I can easily catch a flight back to Portugal 
uh, and yeah. it's uh, a charge <laughs> flight. Some distances are uh, bigger than others. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And also just like I don't know, facing like he he was in a grad school program, so he like had like a world to to make friends, and he did, and he had good friends and stuff but I'm like I literally just was like a spoiled brat that had a job and like moved to where that job was I there was no hardship with it yeah we are at the end of the podcast <gasps> I, I, I don't know like if you have because I, I do ask this sometimes because uh, some guests seem to have thought a lot about bravery uh, in preparation <laughs> for the podcast and I always feel like I may not have asked something important that you thought oh no. this is really something I want to say about bravery is there something you really want to say about bravery this is advice to myself as well as everyone else who's listening because I guess you know I someone who like comes out and is like I'm such a brave person like I feel like gets categorized with narcissistic personality disorder um but just giving yourself credit for things that you've done that have been brave is not comfortable but I liked this exercise I thought it was really helpful in being like oh I did I have done some nice things and sharing in in similar experiences I think has been awesome great I, I really Yay. like when people say something like that because I feel like yeah cool it's <laughs> like I'm making people like suffer and go deep in, inside themselves to tell me they're brave but maybe they're finding things maybe you should become a things. therapist <laughs> Is that what I we're discovering? I don't want responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. In this um, way is good and controlled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like for content because that's what we need that's is more content. Uh, content. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet, sweet content. Yeah. <laughs> so the last thing I need to ask you is, do you have any plugs? Oh, baby, do I have any plugs? Well, you can listen to the podcast Hot Goss with Trash that I host with some of the people that I've mentioned on this podcast. That is any any podcast streaming service. <laughs> um, you'll find it there. Um, my only other plug is my Instagram. It's at Rachel Chada. I post really dumb videos, <laughs> um, but if you liked them, it would make my heart happy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I guess like that. That's that's another thing that sometimes, uh, even though I also do it, but, uh, I feel like putting your work out there. Oh uh, yeah. And like in in a public forum where there's no like ev anyone can see it and comment on it, is it it's in in some way brave. Yeah, I had I had someone ask me like, how do you deal with the haters? And I was like, thank you so much for thinking enough people watch my content <laughs> to like be haters. But yeah, I guess that is a little brave. So join me in being brave and freaking like my content, listeners. Yeah. I think it's also like a um, a measure of success when you start having hater <sighs> haters. And I like don't have any measure of that measure of success. <laughs> I have maybe some measures of success, but I host you in did. normal life a show that's like uh, to showcase women and other less represented genders. Yeah. And I've had a straight white male comment uh, about why like comment against it of course and I think that is Imagine. a measure of success if someone noticed that you were doing something that yes. they don't like that's yes. great yeah. let them have it Yeah, <laughs> I've also had someone and that's just creepy that's like I only have like three comments in YouTube videos had someone comment beautiful in a YouTube video and I didn't oh. like it yeah I <laughs> had someone point of it I had someone respond to an Instagram story of mine saying that bralette looks very comfortable. And like it wasn't you 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 couldn't really see that much of it and it was also like a dude and I I just was like thank you so much. And <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah. I also had someone tell me the differences between language and grammar I think wrongly in a promo uh. I Uh, shot that was meant to be like we all speak different languages but we all understand each other because we uh, speak the lang the word of muff which is the name of my <laughs> show yes. and they so thought they'd need to <laughs> explain language to me and I'm, it's just like a stupid joke <laughs> oh no 
truly disgusting. Uh, this will now mean that the podcast will end in like a, a weird way where we're okay. just like complaining <laughs> about comments. But thank you so much I for being a guest of my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And like I said, this is such a good idea. So I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.